This is your Anime DJ's Weekly Rundown 29. Let's get it. Y'all, that song gets me fucking hyped. I can't even lie. But welcome back, everybody. Uh, like I said, this is Rundown 29. We are missing Tyler today, so it's just me and Dan. Howdy. Just me and my, my dog. Uh, we miss you, Tyler. Uh, but he will be back uh, later this week, so he will be on the DGEN's, uh episode, The Bullshit Hour. But guys, we have a couple missing shows, but first we'll be doing Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, Episode 20, uh, ZOM 100 is on a break. They had a scheduling conflict with the 2023 World Athletics Championships, which is unfair. I don't care about that. Give me ZOM. Then we have Ronnie Kenshin, Episode 7. Jujutsu Kaisen is still on a break until the 31st. Can't wait for that. And then we have One Piece, 1073. This might be the fastest rundown we've ever had. Yes, yeah, we're going to drag it out a little bit. <laughs> I don't or think not. it'll be hard to talk about. I mean, we had, still had two like bangers, bro. Two. Two. And I'm going to say two. Yeah. And a and dud. A dud. And Unfortunately. A dud. <laughs> but let's get right into it with Bleach, a thousand year blood war arc, episode 20. I am the edge. Kampachi returns and is looking for Yachiru. He then stumbles onto the strongest stern rider and an epic battle ensues. When Kampachi fights, you know you'll be getting a damn good show. Let's go! This shit was so hype, bro. Um, yeah, this is one of the reasons I'm missing Tyler. Of course, I want him to be here, but I for sure wanted to listen to him dick ride Kampachi for 20 minutes. Um, in his stead, I will be doing that. I was planning to already do it, but I'm about to double the fuck down in this bitch. And uh, Dan, I, I hope you're ready for that. I, I don't know if I'm ready for that, man. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm not going to go too crazy, but I probably will. I'm lying. Awesome. So the episode opens up with Gwenel. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that one right. Is it Gwenel? Gwenel? Gwenel Lee. I think it's supposed to be like General Lee, but Gwenel Lee? That's fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I think, bro. I think that's what it seems like, right? I don't remember how they said it in the episode. I wasn't paying. I was more paying attention to the pretty lights. And his little uh, straight eye, uh, eyeball. That shit was uh, freaking me out a little bit. Oh, definitely, man. But so basically, uh, Gwenial invades the squad for temporary first aid station. And he's got some pretty broken powers. Basically, he like... I'm trying to remember exactly how they described it. He can basically forget he exists. Right. He can disappear. And what was the third one? Uh, he can erase himself from, I think, Memory. reality. Memory. Yeah. Uh, make himself disappear, yeah. And it's, it's kind of nuts, man. Uh, first of all, but going after the first aid station is a for sure a war crime. Um, I, I know the Stern Ritters and, well, I guess the Quincy and the Soul Reapers don't have, like, a Geneva Convention or anything like that, but, like, that should be off limits regardless, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd say so. Yeah, that's not right. Like you're going after the one doctor they actually have, like there. Like, come on, man. Right, right. If people are supposed to have press passes and, and and medic passes, and that's it. Bro couldn't even let off. Um, but yeah, I thought his powers were really like broken. And come to find out, um, Dashiru is like hitting him, and then he's like disappearing, and she's forgetting him about him. About him, it's like, who did I just hit? I thought I just hit him in the face, but was somebody just here? And it was funny. We actually learned out that learned that she was just attacking him off straight instinct. Didn't know if he was a foe or not. She just had a funny feeling. It was just like, I'm gonna go punch this dude. Hey man, when you're a street kid raised under Kenpachi, you know you got those instincts, those killer instincts. It's on site. It's, it's, it's always on site, and I love that. Uh, just like, the, you know, little Yashiru going after Homeboy. And he is getting pissed off. Mr. Lee is, is getting a little tick because he's like, this little girl is an animal. Like, she doesn't even know, like, she's not letting me talk. She's just pulling up on me, and I, I, I actually really love that. That's great energy. Oh, definitely. I loved how Yachiru, Yachiru was like describing him too. She's like, yeah, I just got a tingling in my stomach. So I punch him. <laughs> you got to respect the instincts. You really do. And she said, you know, Kenpachi taught her, taught her that too. It's like, you know, you go with your gut. Your gut's very important. That's true for real life too. But I think one of my favorite parts of this is we finally got to see uh, Yachiru's uh, Shikai. Mm-hmm. Which is basically Sampo Kenju or the copycat sword. So she like I've they, there hasn't been a Shikai like this in Bleach period where you can just summon homies. And I yeah. love the designs they had for her to make believe Shikai friends. Yeah, just like these big fluffy monster looking things, and like they're actually like dancing in unison and whatnot, having a good old time. Uh, but I love like her copycat sword. Like there was a. She said there was like a blade in front of it and a blade behind it. So even if you dodged her actual one, it just got, if you tried to like time it up, it got even, even, even harder to like for her to miss, which if you don't explain that to anybody, that is broken on its own. Oh, definitely. I mean, like I, from what I understood, it's basically like the big furball looking dude attacks the close side. And then the scary ass skeleton dude in the back goes full hammer on the back and they get like a full range of attack. It's, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's it's low-key. Fucking awesome. But yeah, he gets... Mr. Lee gets tired of Yachiru and turns her bones into cookies in her arm. And then I think also her legs. Which... She didn't seem like she was hurting, but I feel like that would have to be so fucking painful. Dude, I just can't imagine your bones being that brittle. I mean, like, cookies are either really soft or they just crack. Like with yes. no pressure, you know, mm-hmm. unless they're really burnt. But I don't think your imagination is making burnt cookies, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it seemed more like cookie, though, because like her arm was just kind of like hanging, flowing oh. or some soft cookies, some fresh cookies. I, I hate seeing shit like that, dude. Anytime like you see a limb just bouncing around. Yeah, it's pretty gross. 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 But then we had the man, the myth, the legend. We knew we saw Yashiru. Yashiru and Kimpachi is never far behind, bro. And he he just came looking for her. He's like, you know what? I'm back. I'm here. Where's my, where's my girl at? Where's the little girl? No one better be fucking with him. And, you know, he came back and he's explaining how he defeated Captain Unohana. And, to un, you know, in order to unlock his uh, Zanpakuto's name. And now Kimpachi's even more broken. Oh, yeah, dude. You had to feel bad for uh, Asane in that point, though, who is the lieutenant of... Unahana. So yes. like 
I think she was happy and she was relieved that Kempachi's at that level. That's gotta suck to hear that your captain, your mentor, your lifelong friend is just dead now. Like that, that I felt for the girl for sure. Yeah, she was definitely sad, but very understanding. She knew it was so necessary for them to be able to pull it out in this war um, because her captain was, you know, assigned to first aid and really just wasn't about that life. They really should have just had her come back and revert and be about that life because she was a scary <laughs> fucking lady back in the day. I mean, she was the first Kimpachi. I mean, that's what Kimpachi means. It's the strongest soul reaper. Yeah. But yeah, our Kimpachi, Zangpakto, just wasn't going to respect them like that unless he went and killed them, which is mad decent, mad decent. And like, I think they said there were three different ways to become a, a, a squad captain. And he's the only person ever to like just defeat another squad captain in this method. And that's how he became Kimpachi. Yeah, I mean, he was the only squad captain to not have a Bankai. Yeah. Like, that's usually insane. Is you unlock your Bankai and you become really strong. But no, nah, he just had them hands. Yep, yep. And so after he comes back, I think Grimmy shows himself, or just before he comes back, Grimmy shows himself and he gets rid of uh, Mr. Lee. I'm not going to try to say that name anymore. Oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> And Grimmy actually, is easy. Yeah, Grimmy is, is is light work. And he's actually saying, you know, that, that that person was just a part of my imagination, like not even real, which is crazy. And and Grimmy is the strongest stern ritter. Literally sets a stage, a grand stage is what he calls it, for their battle. And Kampachi's obviously hyped. He's like, I get to fight the strongest person. That's what that's all he ever wants to do anyway. Just be a demon. Just be an absolute demon. And Grimmy starts off trying to make his body, well, he makes his body as hard as steel. And Kampachi's like, that, that's just not going to work, dude. You, do you not know who I am? <laughs> who do you, who you think you're dealing with? And yeah, it proceeds to be a wrap. I mean, shit, dude. If Zoro can cut through steel and like free time skip, you know, Kampachi's got no issue with that. It's light no. work. Yeah, he cut it like butter, too. I like the initials. I love like how the initial slash just like hit him and Kampachi was like, uh, I'll just go a little harder next time. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't you just say you made your body into steel? I can cut that too. Fucking love this shit. Um, and then you see like all of like the minor soul reapers on the ground saying, Oh, that 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 spiritual pressure, that must be Kampachi. Like that, that's our guy. Like we can win now. We can fucking win. And I'd be feeling the same way. Because everything's okay now. Kenny's back. And then Grimmy starts getting a little crazy. He's like, I, I won't even use my, you know, even one finger to beat you. That's played out. I'm not going to do that anime thing. <laughs> he just tried to keep his hands in his pockets. And like, it's, it's, we just, we know it's not going to go down like that. Um, and he ends up trying to save Yashiru, tells her to go back and get her, her body fixed. And then the real fight begins. And the real fight full on began, dude. I mean, so, like we said, Grammy's power is imagination. Basically, if he can think it, he can make it happen. I mean, like, Grammy just imagines, like, 15 AK-47s, a variety. A <laughs> variety the pack of blickies. Yeah, the Costco Kirkland <laughs> variety pack of blickies around him. Rain and bullets at our boy. He pulled out missiles. He pulled out everything. 
And Kimpachi was just like, yeah, this is, this is light work. Just cuts a missile in half. I was like, what the fuck? That was dude? a cool ass scene, man. That was it a cool was, ass scene. It was for sure, dude. And yeah, it's, it's just, I, I, I think it's the fourth time I'm going to say broken in this episode, but we're dealing with a bunch of broken characters here. That's what this episode was all about. Just showing off power. Uh, and I just couldn't imagine how at the beginning of the fight, I couldn't imagine how Kimpachi was going to beat Grimmy. And that's kind of added some suspense to the episode for me because like, I know he's going to beat him. This is his first fight back. But how do you beat somebody if they can just imagine whatever the fuck they want to imagine? You know, that, I, did, you, did you get that like feeling? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it, like you said, it's Kimpachi. So this is what he lives for. This is what he wants. Yes. I mean, yes. Gr- Grammy says he's the strongest Stern Ritter, but I'm like, I don't know, man. There's, there's some pretty scary guys up there next to you. But I think his power is the scariest. So I can agree with the statement. I just don't know if he's technically the strongest. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I mean, he says that. He says no one tries to challenge him in fights. So, they, I mean, the other Stern Ritters just might be afraid of him. There might be better matchups for the Stern Ritters against other soul, you know, against like Soul Reapers. So I could see how, one, he would think he's the most powerful. And two, how the other Stern Ritters, Stern Ritters think that as well. Because, like, how do you fight him? realistically how the fuck do you fight him you know you swing a very jagged looking broken ass sword and cut him to hell done dude you just beat kampachi you just beat kampachi that's how you, you just, beat him you just channel that energy dude <laughs> i mean there's a scene where kampachi is like telling Gremi that the strongest should want to crush each other and we see a lot of like change in Gremi's attitude throughout this episode like he goes from being cocky to being excited about this fight, to being like actually wanting to beat Kempachi because it'll be fun. And like, I loved that change in Grimmy's attitude throughout this episode. Yeah, that was another thing that I thought was cool. Like, he, he I, I wouldn't so much say that he was like maybe being arrogant. Like, I think he just didn't care because he had never really been challenged. He doesn't get to fight the other Stern Ritters. Like, he knows he, he's, he's got this amazing power. And he's like, you know, I never thought about actually beating somebody else that's stronger than me or as strong as me. He's like, this this could be fun. This is, this is like a game to him at this point. And he really he still thinks he's going to st- uh, stomp Kenpachi. And yeah, he, just no one tries to fight him. And I love that Kenpachi has like that infectious attitude. Like he makes you want to fight like a, a true leader, a true leader yeah. amongst men. Oh, definitely, dude. And we saw that back too with Ichigo, like in the Soul Society Invasion arc way back when. I mean... That fight with Kenpachi, like you just saw Ichio get bloodthirsty in it. And that's like, that's what you want. That's what he brings out. And that's as anime fans, that's what we want to see. Yes. Yes. We want to see some good fucking boxing. And let me tell you, we got it this episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, because like how many like. I'm sure other people who listen to this, like they listen to some like, I guess, power scalers is like, oh, is he bloodlusted or not? We we know Kenpachi's bloodlusted, like pretty much when he wakes up in the morning. And the, that he can spread that attitude is amazing for the show. Oh, definitely. And during the fight, we see Gremi kind of start panicking a little bit because, like, Kenpachi's speed and power is just off the charts. And Kenpachi just getting a little cocky. He's like, did you just, did you just imagine your own death? Are you getting scared there, <laughs> kiddo? But, like, you think about it, if Gremi imagines it, it's going to happen. That's his power. So like, right. he, he needs to be mentally strong in these situations. He can't think he's going to lose or else, you know, he's done so. So I thought that was really cool. Basically, Kenny kind of talked to Grammy through this. He's like, no, we have to keep fighting, bro. Get out of your head. 
Yeah, I, I, you need. I, I'm trying to box this out. Yeah, and I don't think he did it on purpose, but he was like, you know, something's not right. Like you were just talking all this shit, and like you, you look scared, my dude. You patch yourself up, and, and let's start again. Um, God, and, and that's another thing, like that. I think me, um, and, and probably Tyler like about like old Kenny. It's like he. It's not like he. Of course, he wants to win, but I like whether it's an athlete, just any competitor. It's not all about winning. Like, of course you want to win, but like you want to have a good fight, right? Like, even me when I'm playing golf and um, I think, Dan, you were there. Uh, our other buddy was, we were playing our other buddy. And like, I wanted him to play as well as he could because I wanted to beat him like that or I wanted to be beat like that. Like, that, that's just, just go. Like, let's just go as hard as we can until it's like, you know, somebody falters. Like, I, I love that shit. That's competition, man. I eat that shit up. I'm just standing there in the back shanking balls going, you guys are awesome. Good job. <laughs> Somebody had to be the comic relief, man. Hey, and the hype man. <laughs> yes, the hype man. Dan's got the good tunes on the course. You want me You want me on your team because I'm gassing you up and I'm bumping the tunes. The vibes are immaculate when you play I'm with Dan, a, for sure. I'm the vibe guy. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm like Gachiru in this in this point. I'm just cheering you on in the background. You know, like, let's go, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but back, back to the episode. Um, so after Kampachi like kind of sets Grimmy straight, Grimmy, he summons another one of himself and he's like, oh, my imaginative powers just doubled on your ass. Like, you're really in trouble. And then he summons a fucking meteor, bro. Like, who does this guy think he is, man? Madara? Like, let's, let's go. I was going to say, dude, he came out with the Shadow Clone Jutsu. For it's real. Like, it was, you know, it's not like Naruto, though, where you split your power up. Like, two it doubles. Two, two big, strong guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, it was a, it's a really... I mean, this whole season's been... A plus in animation to me, um, but the meteor coming down and Grimmy like, like explaining like you know what you know what you can do about this big dog. It's gonna kill everybody except for me, friend, foe. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm blowing this piece, this bitch up. The Cerate is gonna be no more when this thing hits. And Kimpachi has like the greatest reply this season. Out of this is the this is the coldest line I think. He's like, oh, a meteor. I've never cut one of those. Isn't this exciting? Nozarachi. I was like, oh, that's a bar. That's a bar right there. Come on, man. You know, the thing that got me the most excited about this scene is that we finally heard Kimpachi talk to his fucking sword. Mm -hmm. That has been in the making for 15, 20 years now, whatever it is. Like, yes, yes. Finally, finally. That means he's pulling out a sheet guy. He's pulling out a bonkai. I'm like, oh, baby, let's go. Dude, you know, that was another reason it was so hype. Yeah, like we he finally we finally, you know, heard him whisper to it. And I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, Anoki who? Suche Kagi, what? You know, like get the fuck out of here, man. And Kenny pretty much just shatters this fucking thing. Uh we see some like meteor pieces falling down and then the Cerate bubble gets reformed and great scene. Great scene. And like some people were saying like this was like, you know, like the best anime episode of the year. I don't know if they watched One Piece um, because Zoro versus King was immaculate. Uh, what did you think about this being the, the best anime episode of the year? So I'm not going to call it best anime episode of the year. I am going to call it best cutting a meteor in half episode in anime. I can't even argue with that. 
Because, like, you think about it, I think there's a scene in Boruto where uh, Sasuke cuts the meteor in half. Mm-hmm. Comes out badass, OG. He shows up for the first time, says something along the lines of, like, oh, if the Hokage is not here, I'm here to protect the village, which is fucking cold. It is. It is. No, no lie. And then we had Zoro blowing meteors up, too. But, like, this just took the cake, man. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I could call it best anime of sort of the year. Like, it just didn't have as much. Like, the animation was really good. Right. But, like, the scene itself didn't have as much stakes, I guess. I mean, yeah, blow up the Serate, but you know that's not going to happen. No, it would in the show. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a downer. Yeah. We got two more seasons of this shit. <laughs> right, right. We knew there was a long way to go, and Homeboy was not going to do that. Um, even Zoro versus King, like, we knew Zoro had to win. We knew Zoro was going to win, but the way he won was just immaculate. The animation was on fire. Um, he, he said he was going to be the king of hell, the demon king or whatever. And that was very impactful, I thought. We got to see Zoro just go to another level like we had not seen in this show, really. Yeah, dude, that Conqueror's hockey is scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Grimmy, once that happens, Grimmy doesn't panic like he did before. But he summons like what, like seven or eight other copies of himself trying to multiply his power. And um, we actually get to see when Kenny falls back down, we get to see Nozarachi's like true form, which is like, what would, what would you call this? A fucking cleaver? Like, what was that? That was a big ass battle axe, dude. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was a awesome. Big ass battle axe. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. It, it's very fitting for Kenpachi. I'm glad he got that. Just a big ass, like he said, battle axe type 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 beat. Um, Grimmy's starting. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the crazy thing with this, though, is that's that's just a Shikai. Yes. And he's that strong with it. Like your Bankai adds like 100 X to your power. So I'm really excited to see that down the line. That's just going to go insane. True. And to note, this is eye patch on Kenny. This is eye patch on, and he's just going crazy. He hasn't going even dropped, crazy. He hasn't even dropped the Rock League weights yet, boys. Nope, nope. He, we we got to wait for that, and I'm I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm just glad he's back in the show at this point. And um, every almost everything I said that was bad about the original Bleach, I have nothing bad to say about it. In the same way for this, you know, Thousand Year Blood War, animation's great, pacing's great. Uh, it's not 160 something episodes. And 160 something episodes of filler. So, hey man, the power. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, bro. The power of seasonal releases. Right. The power so of seasonal releases. So glad anime has gone to this like style of releasing. And then, like, the movies that they do on top of that, you know, at the beginning or the end of the seasons, I also like that as a touch because I just think it, it, it adds an element of like, it feels like a movie then. Oh, but definitely. And then, like, so we see Grammy multiply. He has, like, seven or eight of himself. And he literally sends Kenpachi into the void of space. And, like, we see Kenpachi's blood boiling. His eyes are, like, exploding. Like, you, you, think, you think Homeboy's dead. But somehow he can now cut through time and space. So props to Kenpachi, you know? I, I didn't know he had that in him. Well, I, I did from reading the manga, but... I mean, but really still, cool though, way, it looked really cool the way they animated it. Oh, yeah. Bro just reached out the portal and cut Grimmy in half. And at this point, Grimmy's panicking. They're like trying to pull him apart and whatnot. All the Grimmy and his, uh, I guess, I'm going to say clones. Um, yeah, dude, shadow clones. 
Yeah, the, the shadow clones, the grimy shadow <laughs> clones. <laughs> um, but in the end, like I thought it was, it, it wasn't even like anticlimactic. It was just like a very calm ending. Grimmy like tries to buff up. He's like, this, you know, this guy's a fucking monster. Like I have to, I have to get stronger if I want to beat him. And then he tries to go up for another volley with Kenny, and like he just rips himself apart with his own imagination. Because Kampachi's like laughing. He was like, "You made me a monster in your own own head." So do we like think like Kenny got an actual buff from his imagination? You you mean like yeah? Like I mean during, I don't I don't know about actually as a character. I think it's just well, not a permanent one, but like during this fight, I, th- I think he definitely got a buff. I just think that's how strong Kenpachi is now, dude. <laughs> think so? Think so? I, 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 I do. I really do think so. <laughs> uh, bro, dude was dying. Bro's eye like evaporated and he came back from that shit. You think he can just do that all the time? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's Kenpachi motherfucking Zaraki, bro. <laughs> Dan just throws his hands up. He's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's Kenpachi Zaraki, dude. You 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 never gamble against the guy unless he's going against a tween named Ichigo Kurosaki. You know, Mama, there goes that man. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought he got a buff from it because I mean, he he kind of said that he was like, "You made me a monster." Like you you did that to me. So I don't know if it's like a significant buff, but I think he definitely added a little bit of. He added some Kenny on Kenny. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I mean, if they like animated him differently or something like that, I could have seen it. But I don't know. I just think Kenpachi's Ken just that fucking yoked now. Hey, I'm I'm obviously with that as well. Cool. But I think that's it for the episode. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I'd like to say is like the way they ended Grammy. I really liked it. Like how they brought his his ability and the downside of it into into play. You know, I really liked that. I thought that was a really, I don't want to say beautiful, but like a really nice way to close the episode out. Right. And then it kind of goes back to what I was like thinking at the beginning of the episode. Like, how do you beat what's, beat somebody that can just imagine anything? Make them imagine bad things. <laughs> <laughs> the dude didn't have very good control over his imagination because like, and we even got like some foreshadowing in the fight when he wasn't healing himself up so you're thinking maybe i can get beat i might die here yeah so. dude kenpachi's strong will was just too much for him yeah 100 percent. cool 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 so let's get right into rurouni kenshin uh episode seven uh the the two manslayers hitokiri is what they call him um so we Fuck yes <laughs> I've been waiting for this episode. Yo, dude. for real, bro, for real. So we only had three shows for the rundown, but like we got at least two absolute bangers of fights. Uh in this one, we got two, you know, master swordsmen going at it to the death. Kenshin versus Jean. And like it's the first actual big bad big baddie fight of this like beloved series. Like Dan said, he's wait been waiting on for it. I've been waiting for it. Like the animation and how they changed uh, Jin was phenomenal. They made him look even more demonic than what he looked in the original anime. So I knew this fight was going to be gas. So, and like, we also get better fight animation too. So like you get better choreography, you know, the, the, the technology is at a different level. They can do more, but the episode starts off, you know, where we left off last week with Jin being, you know, he's getting his uh, player hater of the year nominee by kidnapping Karu. 
And then he left a note for Kenshin and said, you know, let, let's get after it at midnight. And, you know, that's when the dogs come out. So you know, I know you out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's that can't confirm. That is, quote unquote, when the dogs come out. <laughs> Um, and I, dude, Jin is such a player hater, bro. Like he literally put Kairu in an old shrine under a Tory gate. Like tied here up. she is, bro. Come, come get her. She's tied up. It was so funny. Like he's just being a fucking asshole about the whole situation. Oh man, I'm hey, really. Man. He's got the plan down though. Like you want to fight the Batosai, you got to bring the Batosai back out to play. Oh boy. Like pacifist Kenshin ain't coming out here to freaking ball at midnight, you know? Like you got you got to get the old guy out. Yes, he's doing a great job, man. This would have me tight. Um <laughs> I just love uh, Jin was so good, man. Um and uh so like yeah, that's exactly what he says to Kairu is like I I'm, you know, I'm not really I'm not going to like eat you or anything. Stop glaring at me. I just want Kenshin <laughs> to box with me. Like sorry. <laughs> It's like, I really don't even care that you're here. Like, if I could just get him to fight how I want him to fight without you, like, you wouldn't even be here. Um, but after he kind of gets into all that, we get, he's, like, explaining this to Kairu, and, like, he goes to, like, it's like a flashback when, when Jin and Kenshin initially, initially met, and he said even the name of Batosai gave him goosebumps, which is some crazy glazing. I just... You can't be saying that about another man's name uh, out your mouth like that. Player hater and a dick writer. Amazing. Um, hey, man. I mean, going on to this flashback, though, if you were out there with a squad of, like, what, four Shinsengumi members, that's like the Japanese sword-bearing police, mm -hmm. and your boys got boxed up like that? Like, those are four high-level swordsmen, and they got put down like fucking dogs. Like, the big In dog seconds. came to play. Like, less know? than five seconds, yeah. I'd be fucking scared too. I would talk. I'd, I'd talk him up. I'm like, yo, that guy's a fucking monster. I don't want to fuck with him. Right, right. And I love that we get that flashback with like just cold, uh, stone, you know, cold stone, Batosai, the manslayer. And like he even leaves Jin alive to like tell them to stop slaying revolutionary warriors and they're going to have to fight him. And Jin's a real sicko. Like at first, his like teeth are like chattering. And he's like super nervous. And then he starts smiling and laughing like a real sick in the head motherfucker. But I, I really do enjoy his character. Oh, but yeah. What do you think about his like reaction to like his comrades, quote unquote, dying and him like just getting giddy? Well, you got to think, I mean, we've got enough backstory on him now to know that he doesn't care about people. He's just looking for that next fight. He's kind of got that Kenpachi energy, you know, he's just he looking really for that does. next fight. He's looking to be strong, and that moment is pretty much what drove him drove him to, to become a manslayer because that's how you train. I mean, you got to fight people, and that's what brought him to the level he's at now. So this entire scene is Kenshin's fault. Like this entire fifteen year, you know, like yep. body bags on body bags on body bags is because of that moment. That's true. That's true. Boy, salt boy, like salt power after meeting Kenshin. It was like I, I got to get to his level so I can fight him one day. And, you know, he did that. That's, that was his mission. Mission, Like you said, the last 15, 10 or 15 years, like that's his whole thing. Like he's, he has to go fight. Like I, I have to kill a bunch of people. I got to become a manslayer like homeboy. Um, and then we, after that, we see Kenshin like shows up. And I, I wish I had like the rock like 
shut up bitch uh sound <laughs> sound clip right now <laughs> because Kyrie <laughs> because Kyrie is like it can't shit and he just like doesn't say shit and um and she senses something is off immediately he's not talking like himself um his speech pattern went back to like Potosai Kenshin and like Kenshin like has that look in his eye like I'm ready to kill bro and he's like I'm you know I'm I'm mad at Yujin but I'm also mad at myself for not being able to stop you and so Kenshin realizes this is his fault in a way. He wasn't strong enough to do anything about it. He didn't even know this thing, this shit was going on. So like he, man's is, is actually ready to kill somebody right now. Oh, definitely. I mean, like they, they, they get going at it, you know, they get fighting pretty good. And Gene over here thinks he's being, being, being a badass and uses his Shino Ipo technique. And Kenshin's response was, that's cheeky. Like, so that badass, is- bro one of the most like broken abilities in this show and he's like that was cool good job there bud little bitch <laughs> little, little bitch mm-hmm. and then they had like a great volley after uh kenshin like just easily broke through it and, and this is what exactly what i'm talking about when i say like we have a chance for like some really good fights because we got to see kenshin like kind of just go off and you know Jin was obviously keeping up with it. He was blocking the shots and dodging, but we really didn't get anything like this in the original series. Like we got some cool moments and like, it was more like the gravity of things, but you have that animation behind it to make it hit harder now. Yeah. I mean like OG Kenshin was a lot more like reaction shots with like slashing, not like actual sword play, you know? So it was awesome to see it animated in today's caliber, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm I'm glad we get to see Kenshin on Demon Time. Um, I, I you know I've I've watched the whole thing and and watched half of it again. So like I you know I know Kenshin's not going to go back to Demon Time, but we are still worried. The general audience would be still worried at this point. And I don't know. I just like seeing the Potosai in him. You know, I love seeing the Potosai in him. And it was crazy too. I mean, during that like initial volley of swords, like Kenshin is reading his moves. He knows what he's going to do, and then. Clean. It takes Gene pulling a fast one on, essentially, and like doing some wacky shit that isn't standard swordplay techniques, which, you know, it's part of the skills he picked up in his 10 years of just killing hundreds of people. Right. And he gets a good clean shot at on Kench and he stabs him through the shoulder. I mean, like, good for Gina. You know, you, you, you left your mark in the Batosai. Not many have done that. No, not at all. Except for the one guy who scarred his cheek. And we'll get to that eventually. Um, but it's it, it, yeah, it's just it's a great exchange. Um, Jin, I think he, he like may have been like goading him into that too. Like, I know this guy knows my techniques. I just got to use some old shit for it, and then I'll just hit him. Um, I don't know if he's trying to go for a killing blow, but knowing Jin probably. Um, but then he tries to raise the stakes. He's like, you know what? I I could probably still beat you right now. So like, I'm really gonna piss you off. And he puts Kaoru in like a stronger version of the Shinno Ipo where she can't even like her lungs stop functioning. So she's suffocating. And not only does he do that, he explains to Kenshin, she has two minutes to live. And, you know, bro, when she dies, like all her bodily fluids going to come out. It's like the worst way to die, man. Like it's going to be ugly out here if you don't do something. And. He's like, yeah, you don't have time to talk to me anymore. And then Kenshin just like, I love the, the, the sound for this. It was just like, uh, it was similar to like the Fire Force sound where they like, I can't even do it with my mouth. 
But he like just Whenever, zips don't. out of space and time and then like just hits Jin in the forehead. Don't ever make that noise again. Whoa. <laughs> don't ever make that noise again. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, Sorry God. for y'all listening to this in headphones. That, that must have sucked. Um, but yeah, like he he lands like a clean hit with the Hitten Mitsuguri Ryu, uh, which is like the divine speed sword style that he uses. And this is when we realize like the Batosai is back back. He's like, I will kill you. So hurry up and let's get on with it. Oh, definitely, man. One thing I thought was funny watching this, though, is when Jean was like, she has two minutes to live. That yeah. two minutes lasted about as long as the five minutes, you know, before Namek blew up in Dragon Ball Z. Easy, easy, easy. Not that long. <laughs> it was a little longer than two minutes, though. It was, it was like, it was like seven. It wasn't that bad. That's not it, that it, bad in anime it, time. It wasn't seven episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, that was a crazy five minutes back in the day. Oh, shit. For seven minutes, yeah. Sorry, I had to say it. Uh, it, it's it's warranted it's warranted i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um and then like jen comes in for like uh, uh to volley with kenshin again but dude backs off off kenshin's murderous intent alone and was like yo i i, I don't know what to do with this man right now and he does the shino ipo shadow skill hiyoki spell which he pretty much turns his blade to where he can look himself in the eye and puts himself into a hypnosis where he just gets jacked and super fast. And bro, just to test it out to make sure it's set in correctly, he turns around and like dices up a boulder like a fucking onion. I just can't imagine watching that from Kenshin's point of view and be like, does this guy think he's tough? Cut up a fucking rock. <laughs> right. Imagine seeing that and be like, you, you're really not shit. But yeah. And then Jin turns around and like Kenshin's just like, he's in 100% kill mode at this point. And he, he prepares what they call a Batotsu Jutsu attack, which is pretty much like a one-hitter-quitter ultimate move for, I mean, for a, a, sword, a sword master. And like a Batotsu Jutsu is a, it's pretty much like a single swing attack coming out of a sheath sword. And the sheath's supposed to like speed it up to two to three times. And like, there's no opportunity for a counterattack. But Jin... He's got something else under uh, up his sleeve, and he kind of realizes that Kenshin's blade isn't cut out for this. Yeah, so basically with uh, his sword, that is a reverse blade sword, basically it's not going to travel through the sheath as fast. So Genius in there, he's like, you know what? If I can dodge this, I got an opening. I can win this. And it like, you know, Kenshin's coming at him, and he gets Gene's spiky little hair on the front of his face misses and gene's ready to go he's ready to come in with a killing blow right here but old kenshin's got a little little trick up his sleeve he actually uses his sheath to break gene's arm and literally sever the tendon on his arm so he can never use the sword again it was nuts yeah. like i forgot how this ended like in the actual show because i haven't watched it in like god 15 years so i was hyped Dude, I was so fucking hyped watching this. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched this about six months ago, and I still forgot. And like, yeah, so I, I got, I got, uh, I got super uh, hyped on it as well, man. And it's like arms just like bent backwards. I'm like, oh shit, he really fucked him up. It's it's a wrap. Um, so yeah, yeah, Kenshin knows he's won at this point, but he still has to finish off Gene because Kairu is still under the 
Shinno Ippo, and she's about to <clears throat> run out of air. She's starting to cry because she sees Kenshin like raising his blade to like finish Homeboy off. Oh, and, dude, the, the scene where he flips his blade around. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that, that is huge impact. That is huge impact. Huge You're right. So, like, he flips his sword around. He's ready to get the killing blow. And Gene, being the freaky little freak boy he is, he's excited to get the taste of this evil blade. He's excited to get put down by the big dog. Real freaky boy. Real freaky boy. And we got a little flashback, and it goes to where, you know, um, Kenshin is basically saying that he prefers Miss Kaoru's, like, sword philosophy. Like, you know, swords aren't meant to kill people. And we get that flashback. But somehow Kaoru builds up enough spirit, I guess. I think you know, so. Yeah. Spirit would probably be the right word. In, like, her last breaths, basically, before she dies and breaks out of the Shinno Ippo and she screams for Kenshin to stop. And that stuns Jean and Kenshin. And it, this is the moment where Kenshin kind of reverts back to goofy old Oro ass Kenshin. And it kind of breaks the spell that he's under right now with being the Batosa again. So a huge moment, you know, huge moment for her, huge moment for Kenshin. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sick. And uh, there's something that we kind of like uh, didn't mention as where Kenshin got his street name of the Batosai. It's actually from that, that uh, Batoso Jutsu move that I was mentioning earlier. Uh, the person who perfected that, and, and Kenshin also perfected it, um, that's who everybody named him after and started calling him that on the street because he was just that nice with it. It was the fastest sword ever. And just to show you guys, bro is really him. He's OP, straight up OP. But yeah, like this was a huge moment. Uh, with Karu saving Kenshin pretty much. And he even says that. He's like, look, man, I, I, I really, late in the episode, he's like, I really appreciate you doing that because I just would have reverted. Um, I would have just not been myself. I don't know. I would have not been Aroni Kenshin anymore. And damn, we need that in the show, bro. We do need that in the show. But I mean, I would love to see more Batosai. <laughs> Always would. Oh, yeah. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But. You, you gotta have a Roni in it. You gotta have a Roni. And so Jin, before you know, before his death, he actually um, kind of reveals what's really been going on. And he says that you know, I he stabs himself in the heart, and he says, you know, I really don't want to deal with the aftermath of what's going on here. And you broke my arm and my tendon anyway, so like I can't have fun anymore. So I'm out of here. I'm gonna die. And he says, like you know, that the police would eventually track. From him back to the imperial imperialist uh, government official who was calling hits using him, and he kind of thinks Kenshin is being a fool. He's like, "You think people don't use manslayers anymore, bro? Like they just have to do it under wraps now because, like, you know, Japan is modernized and there's police now, uh, so people can't just call hits in broad day. There's like a secret society of us, and government people and other people still use us." And he's like, that's why I was calling you washed or whatever he was calling him, uh, saying his, his blade was dull or whatever. And Kenshin's like, it kind of like wakes him up out, out of the dark. And this is kind of like, a, I think like a turning point, I would say, in, in the entire show where Kenshin realizes there's much more danger and much more good he has to do in the world. So this is going to start to be like a driving force in the show, I think. And... um 
Yeah, just a crazy moment, Jin revealing all this to him before dying. And he also says, which I thought was a cold line as well, he's like, you know what? You're you're a manslayer, and it's it's just in your blood, bro. Like it's it's who you are in your base form. And he's like, I will be waiting on the edge of hell watching you and to see when you turn back into Batosai. Which is oh. crazy to say to a man smiling on your deathbed. Oh, definitely, dude. And that scene right there really foreshadows what's coming down the line because Gina ain't the big baddie. Nope. Ain't the big baddie. There's a, there's a bigger baddie coming on the way. I'm really excited to see him. Uh, if you've watched the show, you know who I'm talking about. Not going to spoil it for the first time viewers of Rurouni Kenshin, but she's about to get a lot harder. It's a lot, about, about to go a lot fucking harder. And I'm really yes. excited for her boy. Yeah, Jin was just like the opening of Pandora's box pretty much for the, for the show. But yes. um, but yeah, Jin dies on, with a smile on his face, that wicked-ass smile. Uh, it actually shows him waiting literally on the edge of hell <laughs> after his death, I thought was pretty cool. I don't know if that was the, in the original, but I like that they showed it here, regardless if, it's, if it is or not. And then we get them on the way home, uh, Kairu and Kenshin, and they're thanking each other. Kairu for saving her, and Kenshin for her saving him. Oh, definitely, man. And we get the scene where... Uh, if you remember in last episode, uh, Kaoru gave Kenshin her favorite indigo ribbon. And he pulls it out to return her and conveniently located in his breast pocket right under the spot he got stabbed through. So it is just covered in blood. <laughs> Shit looks like it was thrown on the ground and used to clean up red wine, like a bottle of red wine spilling. <laughs> it really did, though. Oh, God. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal. Poor Kaoru. Her favorite ribbon. Destroyed. Yeah, he's going to have to fix that. He needs some baking soda and some vinegar. I don't know if you're fixing that one. <laughs> that was a lot of blood. <laughs> it might be cheaper to go buy a new ribbon. Yes. Uh, it, it will be much cheaper, actually. Um, but yeah. Kenshin keeps that, that, that thing that Jin said on his mind that he'll be waiting on the edge of hell and waiting for his true nature to show. And he's like, you know, you can't hold that back forever. And I, this, this, we're starting to get into what Roroni Kenshin is for me. It's like that inner battle and like how to do things the right way with integrity. And this is what I really love about the show. And I can't wait to actually get into it, bro. I'm excited now. I'm, I've been excited, but I'm even more excited that it's here. Yeah, I, I got to go look and see how many episodes this is going to run for. I don't know if we're going to get the whole story in like one season or if we're going to get a season two. So. Bro, we need to look into that. I need the whole thing. They, they better. I need more people to watch it so we get the whole thing because I'm sure this can't be cheap. And like, I just don't see that kind of like buzz happening online about this show. And I'm not really sure why. Because this shit is guys. Yeah. So it's listed for 24 episodes. And the pacing has been a lot quicker. The original show was about 94. So maybe we'll get two seasons. Okay, and it does seem like they're doing about two old episodes for every one episode of this. It's about yeah. that, so that makes sense. I'd be guessing we'd get about 48 episodes. It's right on the dot, right, pretty much. Yeah, that'd be close enough. They can cut I, out some stuff. I, I can take Kai two versions. seasons. I can take yeah. two seasons. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, actually. I'd be A-OK -okay if this came back for a second season, dude. I think there's no way it's not going to. I mean, it's not getting a lot of like hype on like Twitter and stuff, but I think it's doing pretty well. It is doing well. I, I did check on that because I, I was worried. It's, it's doing fine. It's doing fine. I don't think they're going to cut it out. 
and like it's also come out and like I think it's been overshadowed by Bleach and JJK a little bit. So like I expect people to talk about that stuff, especially and especially what's going on with One Piece as well. Like it's just in the middle of all these like S tier banger like sections of shows. So yeah, they probably sh- they probably should have waited for Fall twenty three. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it, it would have been kind of wide open for them too. Cool. Yeah, not a, not a lot of heat dropping next season, unfortunately. No, not not a lot of yeah. Days. It's got a it's got a seven point seven eight on mall, so that's pretty good. It's better yeah, than a lot of the stuff we've watched. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that at all. Awesome. You want to get into One Piece? I like it. All right. So next, we're going to talk about One Piece ten seventy three. No way out. A hellish scene on Onigashima. Kaido's castle is almost completely burnt to the ground, but it's in the air, so it can't burn to the ground. I don't know how that would what we would call that burnt to the Burnt to the clouds, burnt to the floor. (laughs) And the Raiders have nowhere else to go. But good old Rizo is coming in with a very unexpected solution. If you haven't read the manga, up his sleeve. (laughs) If you haven't read the manga, thanks, man. (laughs) Got you. (laughs) Got you. Threw that in there for Bass because we're still trying to get him to read One Piece. You know, I started it actually, and like I got the chapter like forty something. I was like, I can't, I don't have time for this in my life. Hey man, just pick I was up having a good time though. Oh, it's great. I haven't gone back and read all of it yet, but I just picked up where the manga or where the anime left off right before oh, okay. year five last year because I was like, oh, I'm fire. not, I'm not waiting. <laughs> I feel I'm like not that's waiting. cheating. I feel like that's cheating, dude. I would have, I would have spoiled everything, and I didn't want that to happen. Oh, okay, okay. I was like literally not logging into Twitter on Thursdays because that's when the scans dropped. I would literally hold off <laughs> and wait to read it and then go on Twitter. Like, it's tough out in these streets. It really is, man. But yeah, so Kaido is still happy to see that Luffy is impotent. You know, we're kind of getting into his awakening and how that functions. And Kaido again says, you know, when your mind and body catch up to your power, that's when you awaken. So we're seeing that, you know, they do a little boxing, nothing crazy. The animation on this episode was kind of like the B tier, C tier squad. Like they didn't go too heavy on it because they knew there's a lot of stuff outside of the big fight. Yes. So we got some really Looney Tunes ass shit going on. But it wasn't the main focus of this of this episode, which, you know, I thought this episode was needed. Because how the whole castle has been on fire for about what 15 episodes now 20 episodes yeah something like that so actually. yeah we kind of had to figure that one out <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of important um i did like that uh the title kind of put some words to how awakenings happening you know when, when your mind and body catch up to your power so it's pretty much your fruit just waiting for you to level the fuck up pretty much that was a, that was a good, good little bit of lore that i learned right there i know that these boys are a little bit ahead of me because of the manga but i learned something today well, yesterday, I should say. We also learned that Kaido is kind of pissed off right now, you know? He lost his support subordinates. We got flashbacks of seeing Jack, Queen, and King all defeated. Which, you know, that's your big three. That's going to piss you off. That's the the disasters. I mean, those guys are all terrifying. Yeah. And he's also pretty pissed off that his house is being destroyed right now, which I can't really blame him there either. No, like, man, like, what did he say? It took him, like, five or something years to build that place i mean imagine imagine if you were trying to have a party with your boys and this group of jackasses just walks in and starts beating the shit out of everybody and lights your house on fire yeah you'd be a little mad 
You'd be a oh, little mad. Hundred percent. Not not what you're looking for in a party day. You know? No, no. Bro, I'm just trying to have a banquet. G chill. But Luffy comes in and he says he has more to take from Kaido, and that is some <laughs> cold ass shit. You've taken pretty much everything but the man's life. You got one thing left to do. I mean, not looking good for Kaido here, based on that, you know. I didn't even I didn't even take it like that. I thought he was just talking about like Wano. You talking about my man's life? <laughs> I mean, he wants to. He's obviously wants to save Wano too. But the only way to do that is to take down the big dog. I mean, that's true. That's yeah, 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 you, yeah. But Kato, you know, comes in after that. He's trying to play a little some some mind games. He's saying, you know, all your friends, this whole rebellion is gonna burn. And Luffy just being Luffy, you know, he's always trusted his crew. He's always trusted his friends. It's like, nah, nah, they got it. They got it. And then he starts running around like the goddamn Roadrunner. <laughs> Looks like Sonic the Hedgehog back in the old cartoons. Dude, that shit was, I actually really enjoyed that. Because I always loved the Coyote and the Roadrunner, like Looney Tunes episodes. It's pretty much a gag. It's like just, it had, they have one bit, but I, I've always enjoyed it my entire life. So it was cool to see that. I'm just waiting for Kaido to run into a Panda on tunnel, dude. Oh, that would be <laughs> that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> Oda, where you at, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go rewrite the chapters. I want to see. <laughs> I, this I, I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need, need that. that. <laughs> I want to see him flatten like a pancake and then sit up with the with the birds going and the birds and the stars going around his head. Yes, we we've seen the stars. No birds yet. No we have, birds. We have seen the stars. But so we head down into Onigashima, you know, Chopper meets up with Nami, Otama, and Zeus. We get a round robin of, you know, basically the whole crew, a bunch of the samurai trying to escape the fire. We see Beppo and the Heart Pirates running. And poor Beppo, dude, being a polar bear in a burning castle cannot be easy. You got a lot of, a lot of fur. That's got to be a little hot in there. Yeah, bro was about to pat. Well, he was pretty much passed out. <laughs> he was, he was, <laughs> he couldn't even bro. function. Yeah, he's like, I hate the heat. I was like, you know, I, I didn't really think about that. Like, I remember me, you and Tyler talked about how the fish man should be debu- like debuffed from, you know, like fighting in the middle of a fire. Um, but Beppo, holy smokes. Get that yeah. man to one of the poles at ASAP, bro. This yeah, is like man. a husky in Florida. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. And you got to remember, I mean, Beppo doesn't have a lot of chops to start. I mean, the only fishman on the island right now is Jinbei. And I mean, that's the son of the fucking sea, dude. What, he is, is. what is old Kappa boy? Like the, the retainer dude. Is he like a, what is he? What is a, what is a Kappa? A Kappa is a mythological Japanese fish human hybrid creature that lives in ponds. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought he was a fishman. Loki. Oh, maybe he's a fish, man, but that's what Kappa is. Yeah, I, th- I thought, uh, I can't remember what the flashback, it, I mean, this was so long ago that the flashback, maybe like a year plus, where the flashback with old Kappa boy and his mom saying, like, just call yourself a Kappa. Uh, but I think he's a fish, man, but we haven't seen him in a while either, so. You were correct. He is a puffer fish, man. Let's go. Who is, Let's a, go. Sumo, who is a sumo wrestler? What? That's, that's what the Wikipedia is saying. Is a sumo wrestler. The One Piece wiki is calling him a sumo wrestler. Hey, that's dope, though. Not hey, man. Lie. I love I'm that guy. Buddy. Yeah, he's, he's super cool. But yeah, so from there, we see Beppo down bad, really not enjoying the heat. Beppo does not want to go to Florida right now. It's too hot. Uh, but then we go over to Robin and Brooke. 
And Robin comes in with a pretty good one-liner. I thought I was laughing. She said she didn't want to end up like Brooke. <laughs> I love her sense of humor. Um, <laughs> it's just like so dry and yeah, like dark. Dude. And like, if you're not like paying attention to what she, cause she always says it like really flat. Like if you're not paying attention, like it just like, you miss it. Really love that. Glad she's, she's getting some zingers in. Yeah. So we see them. We see Sanji with the geisha or, you know, as us cultured folks would call them the ladies of the night. That's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> we see Apu and the number. I don't remember which number it is, but like the number's trying to punch through the walls and he doesn't like his hands being on fire. We see Usopp, Kinemon, and Kiko on the draft, dude. You know, Usopp being big, strong, you know, brave warrior here tries to put out the fires with one of his little uh, special green stars. That was cute. I got to say that was, that was, that was, I thought he was actually going to do something, but I should have known better because it's Usopp. And it was pretty much just like a garden sprinkler. And, and like, you got to think Usopp too. All his abilities revolve around plants. Yes. <laughs> and you know what doesn't do well in a raging inferno? Uh, plants. Anything made out of plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought he was going to do a little something, something, but like the little small garden sprinkler, like it wouldn't even be able to hit, you know, my parents' whole lawn. Um, and like, why even pull that out? Like, put that little shit up. And I think the the giraffe dude, I don't know that guy's name. He actually says like, you know, that's what they call a a a, a drop in the bucket there. But hey, man, glad to see you stop trying. <sighs> trying. <laughs> that's yeah. all he does. Yes, I guess. I guess. And then the last group we see is we see Frankie carrying Zoro and his 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 bros, the other um, beast pirates that got turned over with Otama's power, following him. But like, yeah, so we just kind of we just kind of get a look into where the rest of the crew is right now, where some of the samurai are, and you know, it's just kind of good to good to catch up a little bit, I guess. I'm glad they didn't draw, draw it out too long with that. Like they kind of just bounced around. I felt like the pacing there was good. It wasn't like they didn't make that take an entire episode, so thank God on that. Right. We, I, I mean, we hit like six to eight different groups in the matter of, you know, less than 20 minutes here. It was an important thing to do. Like, you, you have to keep up with everybody throughout telling your story, but, like, we know what we want to get back to, and it's that main fight. But, yeah, it there, obviously, like you said, at the beginning of this segment was the whole place is on fire. It's about to burn down completely. That's important. To, to, you got to cover that. There's just no way around it, so. It was a good way. Good that they did it. Got it out of the way. Yeah. So after that, we kind of get Rizo and Jinbei met up. And I mean, that could be a dream team. You know, that could be a good team right there. So we get a little flashback uh, with Rizo. And it's kind of goes back to when, you know, Odin's castle was being burnt down. And they were like desperately looking for Momonosuke and his mother, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But uh, so they're looking for them and they rise for just in there like, I wish I had a way to put out this fire. You know, I could save people. And we get another it kind of sh the flashback shifts over to when he was on Zoe mm -hmm. and old Zunisha here is doing her big make it rain. I'm going to wash my back little spiel she's got going on. And she just blows a bunch of water up onto the island. And that gets rise of thinking, oh, like. If I'm ever in that situation again, do you mind? If, do you mind if I take a little bit of this water? I'm going to seal it up in a scroll just so I have it in my back pocket. 
<laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, of course you can. The whole place is flooding. Take some fucking water, asshole. Yeah, dude. Doc Storm's like, yeah, yeah, we- please, actually. She's gonna do this tomorrow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> or he, um, she, he. I don't remember. Zanisha's a male um, elephant, right? Yeah, yeah. Zanisha's yeah. a man. Um, an old man. But I, I didn't really think about this into this episode. But like, Big Mom is like dead, dead. I think the fuck is zeus still doing around so if you think about it zeus is essentially a separate living being who was given a piece of big mom's soul okay so he functions outside of her life force now okay yeah yeah her life force was taken and given to a cloud so i'm sure if you go back to whole cake island there's still a bunch of scary ass looking dancing trees running around right now they're still vibing over there okay um big mom is always with us Oh God! Um, <laughs> but yeah I, yeah, I just had to call that out because, like, I mean, you know, like, if 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 a devil fruit person gets knocked out or you know defeated in some way, like they whatever they've done is undone. But yeah, I mean, this makes sense in this case because yeah, she literally gave them a piece of her life force or her soul or whatever, and they get to function on their own. It makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, definitely. But yeah, so based on, uh, you know, Ryza's little flashback right there, he now has a scroll with a fuck ton of water in it, a metric fuck ton of water in it. And like I mentioned, who better to team up with than the first son of the sea, Jinbei, who can throw water around like it's his fucking job. So Ryza floods the floor with all this uh, ocean water from Zoe, and Jinbei basically just is like, over shoulder or what uh over shoulder current water throw whatever he calls it and he just starts throwing water through this building and put out all these fires yeah it's dope and it worked out well because they're on the fourth floor which i think is either the the top or the second to top floor so all the 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 water's rushing down and and to everybody else and i would like to correct you here dan um can't play with jim bay's name here it's um fish heart man jujitsu Ocean current shoulder throw. My ocean, boy. Ocean current. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, even Jinbei is like surprised about the volume of water that came out of this scroll. He's like, this is enormous. What the fuck? <laughs> and, you know, Zoe's really, you know, he, he packs that punch on, the, on, on his back. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a really cool moment between these two. That's a really great interaction. And I love that they, you know, whenever something like traumatic happens to you, you usually try to go out of your way to make sure that doesn't happen again. So it was very natural that Rizo did this and he was in the right place to do it. So it doesn't feel like an ass pull like it, it, at all. Cause it's not, but like, it just seems very natural that he would have this ready to go. And they explained that to you very, very well. This was a MVP worthy performance from Rizo. Not going to lie though. That was so clutch. People were about to start dying. And he just really just clutched up. Oh, definitely, dude. I, I don't know if he's the MVP of the Scabbards. Because Ashra Doji went out and saved all, he saved all their lives at that moment with the, with the explosion that he dove on. True, true, but, true. You know, I think that just has a little more bearing for me right there. But Ryzo coming out, he is definitely the MVP of the late game. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm not saying he, he's going to get the MVP. It's MVP worthy. You know, he, you know, if this was 
the NBA, he gets some votes. He, he's in the conversation. Boy would get some votes. He's, yeah, he's, he's in the conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here wilding with Dan tonight. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> he's he's in the conversation. <laughs> He's not gonna let me have it. We can move on. Um, dude, don't ever disrespect my boy Ashra, dude. Bro, I'm, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting him. He can be in the car. He can get some votes too. There's plenty of votes. There's plenty of votes. <laughs> Damn. I think Ezo's got to get some votes too. He went out with a blaze of glory too. Man. Obviously, yes. You know, there's a lot of people who can be in the conversation. I just a lot I, of people. I, you know, it's one of those things where getting it posh. I can't even pronounce the word posthumously. After you die. Postmortisly, I don't know what the there's it's it's I can't pronounce it's like posh. It's just like the way the letters go. Oh, okay, posthumously, posthumously, I don't know something like that. Someone's gonna come and describe like Dan, you're a fucking idiot. Learn to pronounce your words. <laughs> but you know, posthumous. It's literally called posthumous. Posthumous. Wow, I can't. I'm looking at it. I can't say it. It's it's just hard to pronounce, man. <laughs> okay. Posthumously, posthumously, posthumously. Yeah. When you when you, when you know when you die, you just get more votes. That's just how it operates. You know, that's just how the world works. That's that's fair. I mean, but my boy Rizo did like literally hold out, and he was on fire. Oh, I mean, uh, he he's definitely in the conversation, bro. Like he told old earlobe boy to hold his cojones, bro. Like yeah, he's on. Rizo's on one right now. He's really I, is on one. I think, you know, it's just, it's kind of overshadowing how much of like a little bitch Kinemon's been. Kinemon, it is overshadowing how big of a bitch Kinemon has been. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something like crazy that he's done in his life. Uh, he came in heavy with the two sword attack against Kaido. I mean, he was he was trying to box. He was trying to. He left a scratch on him. You know, that's pretty impressive. He did. But didn't Zora open it first? Details. <laughs> Details. <laughs> he doesn't get any MVP votes. <laughs> oh, good old Foxfire. Sorry, uh, bro. He, he's strong, but he ain't that strong. I feel like now we got to do the MVP voting for, for Wano. We, oh, we gotta, dude, we, that'd be a we, great poll to do. We gotta do it. Yeah, we're gonna do that. That sounds <laughs> got, fucking great. We we got a few more episodes, and we'll figure that out. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Very cool. But yeah, after after this, <laughs> get back to the plot of the episode. Um, Yamato, we go back to Yamato and Momo, and you know Yamato is saying she says out loud that Kaido is reaching his limit, and this is the first we've actually heard anybody say anything like this. We know Kaido's wearing down. Like we can see, you know, he's getting punched and blood's coming out of his face. But Yamato knows he does not have much gas left in the tank, which I think is a uh, we've assumed. But look, it's it's crazy to hear somebody actually say that to, about the strongest creature on earth. And Momo still being a little bitch is like, you know, I still can't hold up this island by myself. It's impossible, quote unquote. And Yamato's really trying to get homeboy spirits up. But it's same old Momo. I think he's 20 years older now in body, but it's same old Momo in the mind. Very unfortunate to see, really. I was hoping I could like him more um, from when we started this podcast, but 
he really has still just disappointed me overall. Hey, man, like I said last time we had this conversation, he's got the mind of a nine-year-old. Give him some fucking credit here. <laughs> it, you know other nine-year-olds in this universe. Odin was fucking killing bears. Um, Luffy wasn't no bitch. But that's Luffy. I'll give, we'll give him that. I mean, Momo um, was pampered, dude. He had parents who didn't just like... He wasn't thrown <sighs> in the woods by his grandfather. You know, like, he, he had a pretty good upbringing. He's kind of just a normal kid. Bitch made. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, I don't like him. I just don't like him. He looks cool now, at least. I just wait till you see him when he's out of dragon form, dude. He goes fucking tough. Okay. All right. That's going to be cool, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, the, the episode ends with uh, we're going back to Luffy and Kaido, and Luffy jumps up in the, the sky and grabs some lightning, which is bonkers. Uh, my man's grabbing plasma out of the sky now, and he's ready an attack for Kaido. And Kaido's smiling, grimacing, and we're getting another volley. That's where the episode left off. I'm really hoping that since the next episode is going to be very action packed. Mm-hmm. They reanimate that scene. Because They're going to run it back. Yeah. Th- th- uh, but normally when they run it back, they don't reanimate it. They just take it from the last episode. But that po- panel in the manga went 10 times fucking harder. Okay. Like they had like Luffy's face, like the shadows on Luffy's face made them look fucking menacing. And All right. they, just, they didn't, they didn't, uh, you know, carry over the mood to the anime, I guess. He did look very goofy. He did look very, very goofy in this in this moment. Really unfortunate. Um, I did not know that he looked like a fucking menace. I would love to see Luffy look like a menace in his Gear Five, because we've just seen Clown Show Luffy, which I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad, but I, I'd like to see a little bit different of a, a mood out of him. Yeah, I just I just sent you the picture so you can take a look at it. Oh, I'm fucking with that. Yeah, no, that shit goes hard. Way harder than it did. Holy shit. Way fucking harder than it did. Like, you see yeah, what I'm they, saying? It they, can, the they can do a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. They can do a little bit more. Hopefully they do, they do reanimate that. But, I mean, we know how One Piece works at this point. It's, it's about four minutes of recap before they get back to new shit. But Just we can only hope. We'll, we will see. We will see. Yeah, it was. It felt like kind of a tough episode to watch. I'm not gonna lie, just because the last couple have been absolute heaters with some like the best animation staffs you'll ever see in anime, like teaming up. Yeah, yeah. And I, just remembering this chapter, I knew this was kind of not. I don't want to say a dud, like it was a good episode, but it just wasn't on the same level they have been lately. So I'm excited for the next episode. It felt like a letdown without it actually being bad. You know. Yeah, it's just tough when you've, you you got to follow up those last two, you know. <laughs> the C team gets subbed and it's like, yo, what, me, what you want me to do with this? You want me to follow that up? But awesome, you should try. Do your job. But awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to this week's weekly rundown. Uh, again, like we said, Tyler will be back for the DGEN's Bullshit Hour on a Thursday. Uh, we've got some really fun topics to talk about. We're going to be taking our first look at Fall 23 and some shows we're hyped for. Uh, make sure to join the Discord if you want to get the latest notifications on when the episodes drop, as well as shoot the shit with us and the community. 
linktree.com slash anime degens and we'll catch you guys on thursday bye bye